Welcome to In the Hot Seat with the Tenney Group. I'm Spencer Tenney. It's good to be with you. What in the world is going on with AB5 right now? Here to give us all the information that I know that you're interested in is President Managing Partner of Scopolitas Law Firm, Greg Fury. Greg, welcome to the hot seat. Thanks, Spencer. Good to talk to you again. Well, but before we kind of get into all of the important things, Give us a little 30-second overview of just um, your firm and, and, and what you're currently working on. Sure. Well, um, our firm is the transportation law firm in the United States. It's all we do, 100 attorneys across 12 different offices. Our only client base is transportation and transportation-related from, from me to you know any anybody that works in the firm. So I think that's what distinguishes us, and we're... Today, obviously, we're working on the whole issue of independent contractor status, given the U.S. Department of Labor's uh, independent contractor proposed rule and the uh, closing of the comments two days ago. I love that. And of course, uh, you know, several of your partners working on the on the transaction M&A side of things. That's where we often intersect as, as well. But since you brought it up, let's jump right in there in terms of the recent announcement from the U.S. Department of Labor what was the announcement and what does it mean to our friends in the transportation logistics space? Absolutely. So Spencer, back actually in, in mid to late October, I think it was October 19th, the, the uh, Department of Labor proposed a, a kind of two things in a 184 page notice of proposed rulemaking. What it was, was part one, uh, the rescission of what's referred to as the 2021 rule or the Trump rule, which was, in our view, a balanced rule that allowed for um, the determination of workers as independent contractors. And the second part of it was a new rule, though candidly uh, characterized as rolling back to the economic realities test, which has been in place for seven decades. Now, the problem with the rollback of, uh, to a, if you will, the economic realities test is that the Department of Labor then put into this proposed rule a myriad of interpretations on what that test actually means to the current Department of Labor and through their interpretations, honestly created what is decidedly a rule to produce the result of employment in a vast number of, of circumstances. That's certainly the way it appears. So let's fast forward to, you know, where we are today. Um, you know, depending on when this airs, you know, we'll talk about it. But but this announcement that took place this week, well, just for context, again, you mentioned that the, the announcement back in, in, in October. I mean, that was significant, at least from our standpoint, from an M&A. I mean, that, that sent a, a variety of ripples of concerns around risk, around transactions and a lot of different things. So what has changed between now, between that announcement and between what just happened this week? Well... Um, 
I think it's still to be decided what what actually has changed or will change. And again, like you said, depending on when this airs and when when people um, listen to it or watch it, uh, maybe not much. But what the U.S. Department of Labor is certainly signaling is a fairly significant pivot in how they look at the question of independent contractor status, not just a pivot from the recent 2021 Trump rule, but honestly a pivot from seven decades of interpretation. We uh, have not really considered the Fair Labor Standards Act, that's the law that this interpretation is relevant to, as rife with uh, misclassification lawsuits. So certainly there have been some, but generally speaking in our segment of transportation uh, you know relative uh, comparatively few so what might change is there may be depending on how this ultimate rule it uh, comes out and let me give you some context spencer uh, on december 13th the comments from american business and associations and organizations all with uh, some kind of stake in this game uh, were, were closed uh, as of midnight. Uh, we filed our comments on behalf of uh, any number of clients at noon on December 13th. And at that time, there were 52,000 comments preceding ours. So you can uh, certainly tell that this, is, <laughs> this has gotten the interest of, of, of many people in American business and, and, and not surprisingly. Our comments to the Department of Labor were, you need to take into consideration transportation and how your interpretation of this rule would affect transportation. Uh, the American Trucking Association certainly put in their uh, comments as well. I, I read those yesterday, uh, uh, really well done, no surprise. But to summarize it, Spencer, and I'll maybe go into a, a few details. Uh, this isn't going to help the supply chain if the interpretations come out the way the DOL has at least uh, noticed them. Uh, but there really were, in my view, five issues that we focused on. Um, one was the U.S. Department of Labor said, we're going to consider the regulated environment in which workers uh, work as part of our analysis of whether the worker is being controlled enough to be considered an employee. That has not been the way transportation decisions have worked. It's a highly regulated industry, but as a general rule across transportation, court decisions um, almost uniformly have, have said that the regulatory environment is not probative. It's not it, it applies equally to independent contractors as it does to employees, and it doesn't help you reach the proper conclusion as to what the worker is. The second one is the Department of Labor is saying investment in a tool is not what we consider a business investment. But you can you certainly can appreciate investing in a truck is a substantial in business investment that spins out any number of business decision and other business investments. The third was 
technology, maybe tracking technology, maybe ELD technology, maybe drive cams. All of those, again, you know, contribute to safer highways, yet the U.S. Department of Labor is signaling that they may be mechanisms by trucking companies to control independent contractors, and they're going to evaluate those that technology through that lens. Uh, the fourth is managerial decisions. And the DOL says, just because you decide to work more doesn't mean you're exercising a managerial decision. Well, in trucking, selecting what loads you're going to take and what loads you're not going to take is certainly a managerial decision. And then finally, exclusivities. The U.S. Department of Labor does not like the idea that for example, an owner-operator would work with one trucking company for an extended period of time, and they would think that to be indicia of employment. We commented that it certainly is not indicia of employment. So that, that's the summary. I think it's really interesting. I want to back up to, to the comments about, you know, public safety, because I think this, you know, I think this is really highlights a, a, a huge disconnect in terms of all of the technological innovations uh, over the last decade that have, you know, like undeniably affected public health in a good way. And and so like, it, it's almost like to, to, to view that in a vacuum where, you know, the government's role is is indeed to, to, to help us increase uh, safety, public health, and in the interest of all citizens. So where's the disconnect? Why, why what's happening there? I don't, I don't understand that. You know, this is kind of this silo mentality, right? The U.S. Department of Labor has a particular mission. It's involved in the protection of workers vis-a-vis -vis wage and hour. The ramifications of how they carry out their job, I don't know, are always completely appreciated. You can appreciate because you have a broader lens. Uh, I, I, I feel like I do too. And, and our mission is much broader. There's literally thousands of small trucking companies trying to decide whether they're going to invest in safety technology. They don't have to. The government doesn't require many of these technologies. And now if they think to themselves, well, I'm going to make this significant investment, and then the U.S. Department of Labor is going to interpret it as me controlling these workers that I believe to be independent contractors, I'm not sure that the technology investment is worth it. I'll take my chances. So it discourages a, a higher level of safety in America. And the other issue, which we all know is true, we've lived through it now, particularly in the last few years, is this truck driver shortage. And if I'm an independent contractor, 60 years old, and all of a sudden I think the U.S. Department of Labor is going to tell me, no, you're an employee, heck, I might just retire early. You know, will it force people out of the industry where we already have a driver shortage and really exacerbate the, the supply chain problems we have in America? Yeah, not a lot of good stuff going on there. Um, so, so what do you see? I mean, we're coming into a new year uh, as if we needed more challenges uh, or complexities within the trucking and logistics space. How do you, how is this going to affect the way that well, I'm going to ask, the first is, how is this going to affect independent contractors? I mean, because there's been all, based on, you know, the freight volatility, we saw a lot of people that went to independent contractors. Now it's not so great. And they want to maybe try to come back into that employee model. 
where, where, where does the, you know, the career independent contractor, how are they responding to this information as it's coming out? Well, it's, it's a bit early to tell, but th let, let me go on record and say this. A truck driver that wants to be an employee has to, in the order of seven to one more opportunities to be and choose to be an employee rather than work for himself as, a, as an independent business. What we're trying to say to the government is let's allow that choice to continue to occur. There's roughly 350,000 independent truckers in America. It's an important uh, part of the American logistics chain trying to tell those people who have intentionally decided that they want to be independent, work in their own business, be an entrepreneur, no, you have to be an employee. That That's just, that's not what I think of as how America was built. It doesn't feel uh, like America to many of us. And, and I'm hoping as we go into 2023, as you've cast it, that the DOL will take seriously many of these comments and and pull back and create much more balance uh, to to this rule that they're uh, they're trying to to push out. So, what advice would you give to the employers that are, you know, maybe they have um, a hybrid model where they have a, a portion of their fleet that that is you know, uh, independent contractor based. They get this information. They're trying to figure out capital investment, trying to figure out risk, trying to have to engineer their business to be successful, to be competitive, what advice do you give them in light of this information? Um, I, I, you know, it's it's one of these situations that I think you have to be careful not to be mercurial about it, not to go into panic mode, not to be reactive, not to um, dismantle your business to get ahead of what the government may or may not do. I think we're still you know, roughly three to six months, maybe a little longer until we see how this rule uh, comes out. Uh, so I think we're in for for American business, the motor carriers. I think you're in evaluation mode. I think you're looking at your options. I think you're putting your company in a position to be nimble. And as you see more clarity on this subject, you can pivot. And, and back to your earlier question, I think that's what the independent entrepreneurs need to do too. Uh, certainly, if they want to ask themselves the question, should I be an employee truck driver? That's a legitimate question for them to ask. And I think there's plenty of opportunities. Do they want to be an independent business? There will be a path forward. We're hoping for them to continue to be an independent business. It may require different licensing and authorities. Not sure how that's going to flesh out. Right now, I would tell motor carriers, be in an active evaluation mode. Mm -hmm. Well, to that end, like uh, for those that watch this episode, how can they continue to get updates, track what you're seeing in, in your kind of commentary? What What's the best way for them to do that? Well, um, you know, certainly keeping abreast of the journals like uh, Transport Topics and Freight Waves and many of the other uh, important journals that that talk about latest developments is important. The firm has its own uh, quarterly newsletter where we highlight really critical uh, information. Uh, I think our circulation is north of five to 10,000. 
um, and and just really look at the ways in which you get information and keep pinging those because this is not going to be a deep dark secret. This is this is really out there. I would also say I think Tenny Group does a really nice job of you know even on LinkedIn. I, I constantly see you folks. You're you're. You have a mission of education. There's many insurance brokers out there that have a mission of education. So I don't think it's a hard thing to stay on top of all these late-breaking uh, news items. You just have to be intent about it. Well, I appreciate that. Well, I hope that you'll come back and join us uh, in a few months and, and and let us know what you're seeing from your vantage point because obviously uh, certainly respect your expertise in this area and provide tremendous value to our industry. So I do have one final question, Greg, a little bit of a wild card here for you. Here recently in the news, Jeff Saturday told America that if the Indianapolis Colts will have him, he'd like to come back and be the full-time head coach. What say you, sir? Uh, you know, that's pretty hot button here in our city <laughs> as we're experiencing a series of losses. I, I, I think we should all be in an evaluation mode. How about that? <laughs> In other words, the jury's still out on Mr. Saturday. Is that fair? Uh, I think that's fair for some people. <laughs> the jury may be coming in. I don't know. <laughs> or it's already out. It's already out for our for our guest on this show for sure. Yeah. Well, listen, Greg. Thank you so much for all that you do for our industry and for the time that you spent with us here today. That's going to do it for us here in the hot seat. We'll see you next time. <laughs>